The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to First Bite, our Pride of Detroit midweek podcast where we bring in a very special guest to talk all things Detroit Lions football. We're in the middle of our rookie breakdown series, episode five, I believe, of it, Ryan, uh, where we're going to be talking about Kirby Joseph. But before we get into that, let's get into introductions. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the editor in chief over at Pride of Detroit and your co-host for First Bite with us is uh, senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews, how you doing tonight, Ryan? Uh, I am doing well. I just mowed the lawn. I didn't get a chance to go to OTAs, so I'm very jealous of uh, the <laughs> the the jam packed day that you had. But uh, I'm excited to talk Kirby Joseph. Yes, this is a, I think one of the picks that that received some of the higher marks for from Lions fans. Safety was a big need. Um, Speaking of, of mixing OTAs and, and this podcast, Kirby Joseph had an interception today at OTA. So I'm kind of eager to, to talk a little bit more about him. And like I said, we like to bring in a guest. And in this series, we want to get experts, experts on these Lions rookies. And, and this week is, is no different. Uh, we brought in the Illinois beat writer from the Champagne News Gazette. Bob Osmussen is here with us. Bob, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. And, and yeah, you've been covering Illinois for, for quite some time. And so let's, let's start at the, <laughs> let's start at the beginning here with, with Kirby Joseph, because uh, from my understanding, he was just kind of a kind of middle of the pack recruit. Um, a guy who, who gets buried in, uh, uh, you know, Florida always produces a lot of talent. He's kind of right in the middle of there, grew up in Florida, um, you know, played both sides of the ball. So when the, when the Illinois fighting Illini land Kirby Joseph, what, is the initial kind of reaction if, if there even is one i think solid recruit okay of course uh lovey smith went to florida a lot for guys so that was a popular destination for them recruiting wise but uh, he had some good offers i think syracuse and nc state a couple of florida schools not florida state florida but i think fau maybe ucf might have been after so he had some good offers but not not a top tier recruit, but certainly telling the kid that they thought could play fairly early, which turned out to be true. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, 
Kirby Joseph, the person, Bob, um, you know, what sort of kind of person is he like, what's his demeanor like off the field? I think uh, bottom line, pretty good guy. And that, that's, you know, easy to talk to. We didn't get him a whole lot as a media guy because most of his career, he wasn't like he was as a, sen- as a senior. He was not as productive. He was a special teams guy. Some had a couple of starts, but not a guy that you would see on the field all the time. And as he got more productive, got more involved in the, in the defense, he became a guy that was popular when he came to talk. So he, he's a good talker. Uh, he always liked those guys. He's funny. He's friendly. He's a guy that you say, hey, can you give me a call or can I call you? And he's, he's okay with that. So I, I, my time, limited time with him was very positive. And, and you mentioned he, he contributed right away in, in his freshman season. Um, yeah. I, I, was that, was that mostly special teams? I imagine. Correct. That mostly special teams. He was there. Uh, that, that team that was, I think 18, they needed help. Yeah. Guys, and uh, all, all hands were on deck. So the freshmen got thrown in there in the right way. And Kirby was up to the challenge, certainly on special teams where he really made a mark. Further into his career, he got better and better at that too, and gradually worked his way on the defense. But yeah, he was this guy that you saw had talents right away. You could tell he's going to help them. Again, we didn't see them a whole lot during the uh, practice time. See them for five minutes stretching and you know a little light walk through, but you didn't know for sure. But then you saw him in the game, and you said, "Okay, he's he's pretty good." Was there a sense when he arrived on campus, what side of the ball he was even playing in, or was it just kind of like, this is an athlete, they're going to find a spot for him? What well, seemed like defense was inevitable because if you think about that last head coach, Levy Smith, his first thought was defense. So he looked at the guy that was versatile, was a three-sport guy in high school, ran track, played volleyball, which to me is, tells you a lot about him athletically. That that's a sport that's not easy. Yeah, sounds like pretty good at it too. So I think that they saw a guy that could help them in multiple spots. But I think, all, even though he tried both, I think all our defense was always going to be his destination. So Bob, because you kind of said in in, in less words, you know, he, he was a bit of a late bloomer in terms of his uh, contributions at safety. Um, you know, can, can you talk a little bit about what that maturation process was like, um, you know, bouncing around, playing some special teams, kind of all hands on deck early on. Um, what kind of led him to being successful, um, you know, in, in the college ranks? Well, I think ultimately the coaching change made a difference for him. I think if you look at his career, he would have, had Levy Smith remained, Kirby would have played a lot as as a last, last year, in his in fourth year. He would have played a lot. Would he have been as productive or as been a starter? I'm not sure. I, I don't, he was only I only started two games under Levy, so I don't think they valued him as much as the new guys. They got in. Ryan Walter saw him and said, "Okay, this guy can help us," and right away. You knew right away he was going to be an important part of my team. So I think I think he really bloomed once he got the new staff in. I think it was a second life, second chance for him, and he fully took advantage of it. Well, I guess let's let's talk a little bit about that and and, and what it may mean for his character. Because I mean, you you come into college, you, you're immediate contributor on special teams. You probably think, well, I put in my dues my freshman year, get me on the field. Um, that that's probably a frustrating experience. So I, I guess what what does it tell to you 
in terms of his character as someone who, who fought for those three years to, to get on the field and then, you know, finally break through that, that final senior season? I, I think he's a high quality guy. I think the fact that he didn't sit there, there, at least publicly, and complain. Just say, I need to be on the field. It was just, he did his work, and eventually his chance came and took advantage of it. So I think it tells you a lot about how, I guess, the stick to itiveness is really important. And in football, pro football especially, I would think that's a quality that coaches, scouts, ADs, general managers love, right? Yeah. A guy is willing to hang in there, do whatever it takes to get on the field is pretty valuable to me. So uh, I really like that about him. I, I can say I was not surprised he became a, an impact player as a, as a fifth, fourth year guy, but I was surprised by him at the level. So I thought he'd be a one or two big guy, make some tackles, but I didn't think it was good to be an all big team guy. So that, again, that probably talks to his character more than anything. In fact, they not only not only hung in there, but excelled as hanging in there. So, so Bob, was there a moment at Illinois that it seemed to click for Kirby? Like, was there a point that you know he, he finally found his place? Like, I, I know you mentioned the the coaching change really was what kind of settled him in. But was there a moment at Illinois where it was like, okay, this guy is an impact player at safety? It, it's really funny, and it wasn't. It was on special teams. First, okay. first, game, first game last year, they're playing Nebraska, uh, their season week zero game, and he makes a tackle on a, on a punt return, and it's a safety. And that was like, like they scored the first point of the season for anybody, and it was it set them up for a win, and that was a big deal for them. I think the fact that he was able to contribute right away, so you could ch- you could see a change in him immediately. And he, I think early in the season last year, I think there were five or six games in a row. He had either a, a pick or a fumble recovery. So five games, not everybody does that. <laughs> yeah. Productive. But I think the Nebraska game, I think won the game. It was a big deal here. As Brett Bielema, his first game as coach, it was a big deal. He was celebrated for that. I think it was special teams play of the week on the team. So it was a big deal and good for him to do that. But he kept it going on defense. Um, to, to back it up a little bit to the, to the Lovey Smith era, I'm kind of curious as to why you think maybe he, he never really found that path to, to a starting job. I know they started, they, they played him a little bit at wide receiver. Like they were trying to find a spot. Was there like a log jam at safety where there just wasn't a roster spot there? Or was it just a matter of connecting the, the player with the right coach? Yeah, there were other good players there. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say a log jam. I think he got caught in the numbers a little bit. I think, Maybe second year, he would be a, a guy you would think would play more than he did. So I, I'm not sure. You know, again, we're not seeing practice. So we're not yeah. going to know what's going on behind the scenes. So maybe he didn't practice as well as he obviously did later in their career. Maybe Lovey didn't quite trust him. I'm not sure that was the case, but it could have been. Because Lovey was big into letting guys kind of earn the, earn the way. And again, that staff would, did not have a great deal of success. You got Kirby. Maybe Kirby would have made the difference for them earlier, in the, but they just didn't see it. But obviously, the new coaches they saw they saw something, turned him loose, and he became a all Big Ten guy again, kind of out of the blue, but good for him. Yeah, and I guess just it, it's um, 
it's something that's kind of a theme for a lot of this Lions draft class, uh, especially because of, you know, how much time a lot of them spent at school, because so far, a lot of the guys we've talked about so far, Bob, have been like five-year players or four-year players. Um, Kirby, you know, with that third year in 2020 being the COVID season, the time where he spent some time playing wide receiver, and then he made the, you know, the big leap once the coaching change happened, like, um, did you see like a difference in him in terms of, you know, him just being, uh, more ready for football? Like you you talk about how he was just kind of a good dude and you got to know a little bit more about him. Um, once he became a, you know, a a member of the defense in terms of a starter and things like that. But was there any change in, in once, I guess really the question is like from one coaching staff to another, what was the biggest, did you see any noticeable changes in him? I think he's always a confident guy, believes in his, himself. But I think that change gave him another spark, gave him a chance to kind of reevaluate where he was and say, hey, these guys don't know my past. They, they just know me now. He, did, he, again, took advantage of that. So I think the coaching change was a big deal. Now, these guys would love to have him next year, this coming year. They would have loved because another year. He couldn't come back. And for 22, they would have loved to have him back. I don't think they were counting on it because they thought he's got to go. He's going to be a second-day guy. He should probably go. But they would would have loved to have him back. I think his his guy was, you know, his uh, ability was only going to get better another year. Maybe he goes from where he got drafted to first run as a uh, spirit there guy. So I think they would love to have him, but I think he was ready to go too. Uh, last question before we head to break. Uh, I'm kind of curious about the the new coaching staff at Illinois and maybe maybe people who don't really know the kind of person that Brett Bielema is or, or the defensive coordinator or defensive back coach. Why do you think it was that coaching staff that connected with Kirby so well? And maybe is it is it a testament to, to who they are as coaches? Does it testament to the kind of coaching that might work for Kirby Joseph specifically? Just if you could give kind of a background on what the coaching staff is like there. Well, Brett Bielema has a, Defensive background, played defense in college, tried it in the pros, didn't quite make it. And he's coached defense his whole life. So I think that was important. So he was definitely pro defense. How about that? And then the position coach, Aaron Henry, former great player of Wisconsin, did a lot of good things with him and worked with them individually. And I think he really made made a better play to play. And Ryan, Ryan um, Walter, defense coordinator, got a big contract out of last year because they were so good. It was so much better than they had been in 2020. So it's just everything kind of worked well for him. I think he listened. I think he took coaching really well. Again, that's a positive sign. Ask me why I think it was smart for Detroit to draft him. Let's start with that, that he not only adjusted to the coaching change, but he excelled. So that's obviously coachable, extremely coachable, which is why I think, and we'll talk about this later, He's a guy that's going to be able to play pretty early and help a lot. That's a great tease for uh, for our second segment here. So uh, stick with us. We're with Bob Osmussen uh, of the Illinois uh, Champagne News Gazette. Talking Kirby Joseph. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. 
but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to First Bite, Kirby Joseph edition, where we're talking about the Lions' third-round pick. Here with Bob Osmussen from the Illinois Champagne News Gazette. Uh, let's let's get into kind of uh, specifics about Kirby Joseph's play and, and maybe projections into how he he'll translate into the NFL. Um, and, and I guess my first question is just we, we talked a little bit about it at the front. How was Kirby Joseph able to just turn things around so quickly? Because you know I I even watched the, the first game I watched of his was the first one of the 2021 season. And it didn't go particularly well. He got, if, if I'm not mistaken, he got benched quite early on. So how does he turn that into a, a season in which he was nearly, he was a day two pick. I mean, it, it seems like an incredible transition for a guy who had really nothing to show of before that game, had to work his way back into the starting lineup after that game, and, and then only had a limited amount of times to, to really make an impression. I just think he found a way to be productive. He impressed the coaches, obviously, in practice because they're not going to throw him back in there unless they're sure he's going to do the right things. And I think he must have done that. And again, we're not privy to seeing them in practice much, but, but these coaches are pretty serious about this stuff. And they, they make sure the guy is ready, and I think Kirby was ready. And maybe the backwards, the, the downsides, maybe that helped him motivate him a little bit. I think, again, talking about character, when you get knocked down, there's two ways to go. He went the right way. So, again, it kind of speaks to his overall self-confidence, which is not – I don't think he's a cocky guy, but I think he definitely believes in Kirby. So that's that's a good thing. I think I, – I want players like that. I want players that uh, have fun but also know the seriousness of the game. And I think he gets that part, too. Yeah, and, and to Jeremy's point, I mean, the guy ends up second team all Big Ten. He led the team in interceptions. Like like you said in that first segment, Bob, he, he records that safety on special teams. Um, so he really, like like we've kind of talked about all podcast long, he's put it together in the senior season. I, I want to talk about like those five interceptions, and I think he had seven passes defended on top of that. Oftentimes, we'll see interceptions be like just right place, right time kind of guy. Um what about Kirby's instincts uh, playing safety led to, you know, five interceptions and seven passes defended? Cause that's a really impressive number. And, and three fumble recoveries, which I think led the nation. Yeah. Having a nose for the ball, right? Well, that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. He has a nose for the ball and maybe in a crazy way, maybe this time a receiver helped him. Maybe he's able to see the other side, kind of know where that guy's going to be, what he's going to do. 
he just seemed to have the right instincts. And again, I don't think it was perfect last year. Obviously, he was had some moments, down moments early in the year. But you think he got better. I mean, by the end of the season, he was playing at a high level. He was helping them win games. They just missed a ball. And I think if they win one more game, go to ball, he would have been a big part of that reason. So I just think it's instinct and, and knowing, knowing what ball is and paying attention. And, again, it talks to coachability because he clearly watched film, knew what was going on in the games, who knew who to pay attention to. I think if my memory is a couple of those times he just stepped in front of the guy. So it was, it was clear he'd done his homework. So he would step in front of the guy and the ball says. So that's kind of cool. That's what you want. Yeah. Uh, you, you always want smart players. Um, <laughs> the, the one thing I that jumped out to me too is is that athleticism, right? Like the, the, the sideline to sideline range. And it's why – at least in my opinion, why Illinois kind of had him as that deep one safety is because they, they trusted him to be able to get to anything at any point uh, on, on the field. So I guess my, my question though, is, is what is his kind of um, what, what's his ability to, to grow beyond that? Because it's one thing to play, you know, deep safety. You're, you're the single high. Don't let anything get by you. Safety in the NFL is, is about doing a lot more than just that. So do you have confidence in, in his ability to kind of go out of outside of that window where you're just playing the, the deep middle? Yeah, I think so. I think, again, athleticism is important. So this guy that played volleyball, ran track, and played football, he's got some skills beyond beyond the standard football stuff. So I think that's a good thing. I think the fact that he got better. Now, I don't think he's done growing. He's still a young guy. Yeah. I don't think he turns 21 to all. Uh, I was 22 until later in the year. I'm trying to remember when his birthday is. But he, he's still young. So, he, you know, another year here would have been a big difference. It would have been more productive even still. But I think he's, I think he's just getting started. I think maybe sitting down and not playing a ton the first three years turned out to be a motivator and also a thing that will help him down the road because there's not a lot, a lot of mileage on him. So he's not – he's done a lot of, a lot of hitting but not – more too much hitting. How about that? So I think he's ready to go, and I think again, I think he'll be a contributor right away. Yeah, and and, and to that point, you know, um, the, the idea of him primarily playing that single deep high safety was it just a product of you know where he fit nicely in the Illini scheme, um, rather than having him play you know more up and, and close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, he still had 57 tackles and he had a sack and a tackle for a loss. So was that just a product of where the Illini wanted to put him versus, you know, what you think he can do maybe on Sundays? No, I think it's where they felt he was best, best serving them. So they didn't, they weren't real worried about his pro feature. They just wanted to get him on the field in the most productive place. And that was there clearly. And they had, they had some good skill with that position. So he was not the only guy getting, you know, playing in important roles. But he was better suited for that than the other guys. So I think I think it just was perfect fit for him. Worked out well for him. First team All Big Ten had a great year. Had five picks, three fumble recoveries. So I think it really worked out for him. They saw where he could help them best. He, he did that. Um, did Did you get to see him do a lot more than kind of the deep high stuff? Like, did, was he on a, a you know a lot of man to man sort of stuff? Did Did he come down and, and, and tackle? Was he a good run defender during his time at, at, in Illinois? 
he was a good run defender, but the other guy at safety started Sidney Brown, who hasn't been there a long time. He was more of that guy. Yeah. I think, uh, I think not as much was asked of Kirby. So maybe, again, he could probably do it, anything you asked him to do. But I think he was better suited for him and that defense to play where he was. So I, I think Sidney Brown was better suited for the role he had in Kirby. They, they said, well, well, remember, the Illinois defense is in 2020 was dreadful. It went from dreadful to getting their coach a million dollar contract. So did some good work. And Kirby, Kirby has probably owed some of that money from Brian. Uh, <laughs> they, they did some good work in the coaching staff. And it was a big deal. And they were so much better defensively than they had been previously. So, again, I gave him a ton of credit. Yeah, and I guess, you know, as we as we kind of move into what our expectations are for, for Kirby uh, on Sundays, we, we've talked so much, you have, Bob, about, you know, special teams and, and, and making his um, making his way, you know, eventually to playing that, that deep safety role in 2021 and, and really, you know, elevating himself to where he eventually got drafted. But, you know, I'm looking right now at some stats and 407 snaps on special teams and 16 tackles in his career. So I think it goes without saying that the Lions have an immediate contributor at special teams. How long do you think it will take Kirby to maybe grow into a safety who can play on maybe all three downs? That's a great question. Obviously, that's something the Lions want to know. I want to know. For sure. Keep the lineup there eventually. But yeah, I think it you know, could be this year. I doubt it. I mean, I don't think that'll be the case. But you think a year or two in, he'll have a better chance. I mean, you're right about special teams. He's going to play right away. He's going to have to. He's got to, he's got to earn his paycheck, but I think that he will do that because he did that at Illinois. He earned his scholarship by being a contributor on special teams from the, from the jump. First, first play, he was there. So I think he will have a chance. I think year two will be when I would expect him to be getting more time on defense. I think year three, I, I will be very surprised if he's not in the lineup by year three. That's crazy, but that's probably right. And that, that makes a lot of sense with, I think, what the Lions' timeline is in terms of their, their current roster, right? They, they, they have Deshaun Elliott to kind of help them. Brit, like I, We talk about a bridge quarterback all the time. Deshaun Elliott could very much serve as a, a bridge safety uh, until Kirby Joseph is, is ready. Um, and, and then, I mean, I know this is a hard question to, to ask of, of you, especially since you really only got to see Kirby Joseph play one full season at, at safety, but where do you think this guy's ceiling is, um, given that he was able to grow so much just in one year? He's so productive. So I think, could he be an all-pro guy? Again, that's a stretch, but I think regular, regular in the NFL for several years. And then I, I'll give you a guy that's comparable. They're different style-wise, different size-wise. Tavon Wilson played at Illinois. Sure. Was a second-round draft pick back in the day. Had a long career. and might still be playing, actually. But they are similar in terms of kind of what they did, where they came from, and, uh, you know, how, how they were perceived as recruits. So kind of middle-of-the-road guys that became really important players, really valuable players in Illinois. He didn't have quite the production in college that Tavon did. But I think he's, there's some similarities there. So I would ask people, look him up. Look up for Tavon. They remind me of each other. Uh, I think Kirby's a little louder. Tavon was <laughs> But other than, on the field, they're pr- fairly similar. Yeah, Lions fans are pretty familiar with Tavon Wilson, right, Jeremy? Four years Tavon in Detroit. Was so, yeah. yeah. Good guy. Um, kind of on, on the other end of the spectrum there, like, do you think he's kind of a high floor player given 
that he can one immediately kind of contribute on special teams and two, because he is such a fast learner, he'll, you know, at the very least be, um, you know, someone that they can rely on to, to fill in. If, if he never, if he never reaches his full potential as a starter, a, a guy that will work hard to, to kind of make the most of his opportunities like he did in Illinois. Oh, I, I don't think there's any question. Again, I like his work ethic. I like that stuff. Like that, I like the fact that he hung in there because he, he didn't have to. You know, there are a lot of people transferring after Levy, Levy left. Yeah. He got on got better. And that, to me, is Baltimore's sign of what the guy has potentially. And he's, again, still young, not not 22 yet. So he's you know, a younger guy. And I, th- I think there's, I think the sky's the limit for him in terms of what he can do long-term wise. I think it's kind of tough to ask you this question, Bob, because we, we typically ask all of our guests that we have on here for like, what's the most memorable play that they're that, you know, the player made in their college career. And, you know, you talked about that, uh, that play as a gunner making the, making the safety against Nebraska. Is there another play during Kirby Joseph's career that stood out to you as like, Hey, that's the play that that guy can make on Sundays. I can't remember which game it was, but his first pick, I think there was a little bit of um, maybe almost too far celebration on that. I can't remember what it was fairly early, early in the season, but it been against Virginia. And, uh, but it was one of those things you go like, okay, again, he, he found the ball. And I don't think it was, might've been the first of his career. Actually. I don't think he had, a, I think that's right. I don't think he had yeah. any before last year. So I think that was a big deal. And I, I would, I'd go back to that. All right. Well, that's Bob Osmussen. Uh, Let's give you the the floor here to to end the show, to to tell the people where they can find you. Maybe if you've written anything specifically about uh, Kirby Joseph or anything else that Lions fans might be uh, interested in, uh, let them know. We love the Lions here, of course. My boss, huge Lions fan. Oh, nice. He'll be so jealous I'm on here. (laughs) I really will be heartbroken that I'm on here. Um, Go to lionihq.com. It's all my stuff. I write football mostly, and that's where I'm right. I wrote about Kirby about probably a month ago after the draft, and I've written about him quite a bit over the years. But yeah, com. Awesome. And you can find him on Twitter at Bob Osmussen uh, there. Uh, Bob, really appreciate your time. Great insight, as always, uh, on to Kirby Joseph. And uh, we hope you uh, maybe join us again soon once he's, uh, once he's wearing a gold jacket. When, he, when he's playing, I'm in. How about that? Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. And who's next on our list, Ryan? Josh Pascal. We're all the way up to Josh Pascal. Uh, So we'll, uh, we'll be covering him next week. But until then, thank you all for watching. Appreciate your time. And as always, it's chaos. Be kind.